Welcome to the after show. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Mimo. That's Mike, and that's Yanni. Welcome back to Puck Nation, episode thirty-four. How you doing, boys? You You're getting it right for the Look first time. Yeah. Didn't have to ask I got it right. You see? Yeah. What episode is it now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't ask what it was. I got it right. You know why? It's, I got it right because it's thirty-four. And Austin Matthews, go ahead, give me oh, your kicks. Come, come on. on, shut your fucking mouth. Well, you, you know, know what? what happened, right? Drew Wayne's almost at thirty-four points. So. <laughs> we still got a, we still got a hat to yeah, make yeah, yeah. to eat. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know problem. what? Actually, I was talking to Mimo about that. I think the hat is a little bit too much. I think maybe we make the the fans vote for like a a crazy challenge. Maybe the hot chip challenge or something. We'll make something him do something. Have an arrow wing, yeah, or something. something. Yeah. But that, that, I'm good with that. We'll we'll you know what? All joking aside, good for him. But I want to talk about Austin Matthews last night, guys. He hit 50. He hit 51. Actually, 51 hit him in the face. <laughs> yes, it did. Right? But it still went in and yeah, whatever, yeah. and it still counts. And hey, they're all good. He's having a great year, man. Dude, His pace man, is great. Unbelievable. He's probably going to hit around 65, 70. But listen, all yeah. the power to him. You know what? I was telling you this off here, dude. We are lucky enough to witness not one but two players OB? actually challenge Wayne Gretzky. When I was a kid. I'm yeah. older than you guys. Everybody it's still knows. really early, though. No, yeah, no, no, what I'm saying is uh, to actually give it a shot, Yanni. Nobody else even came close. These guys are giving it a shot. We're giving I, it a shot. I mean, <clears throat> at the same age as Ovi, he's he's ahead. He's like 10 or 12 goals ahead of yeah. the same at the same point. Huh? It's just hope he, you know. Yeah, Ovi, Ovi had a Nick Backstrom for a very long yes, time. Yes, yes. Well, he's got Marner. He's not, yeah. he's not too shabby. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, but not anyway. the same type of player. But it's okay. No, not at all. But anyway, God yeah. bless him. And you can see I'm a Leaf fan and... I, I, I think, what a, what a goal scorer. Jesus Christ, what a goal scorer. Yeah. It's incredible. And uh, so, uh, again, uh, thanks to our sponsors, the Rubs Barbecue, Barbecue. Mike, Audio Technica with the mics and the, these things that we're using here, right? Yep. yep. And uh, the Unrivaled, the memorabilia guys. Thank yeah. you so much for we sticking around. We got some uh, really cool stuff coming, guys, yeah, we got Unrivaled. Some, yeah, we got like a little yep. giveaway, I think, next week or the week after, whatever. Stick yep. around for that. It's coming. Thank you. If you really like the show, go subscribe, go follow us, whatever. That's greatly appreciated. And uh, today, we have a special guest today. We have yes, we uh, a gentleman who's the assistant GM of the Kitchener Rangers, correct? Yeah. Mr. It. Jeff Krizakos, right? And we're going to talk to him about uh, some, you know, some minor league players and the guy. And he's, of course, a couple of the Habs kids, too. So we wanna, I want to know some stuff. Of course. Going on. Podcast from Montreal. We're not going to ask about the Habs. Shocker, yeah, right? It's Come not, on. It's not just the Montreal thing. It's you. You're here. Yeah, you're at the I table. So. I know. I have so have without to. further ado, Yanni, just bring on Jeff. Yes. Please. Jeff, what's up, man? Hi, Jeff. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Hey guys, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Hey man, thanks for doing this. And uh, uh, I hope, uh, I hope. Uh, well, we were talking up here. You said that it's 10, 12 degrees there, man. <laughs> that's oh, that's it's crazy. Pretty warm, yeah. That's nice. That's it's, crazy. Uh, nice, nice break from the snow. Yeah, yeah. You asked us how it is here. I told you it's cold in French. That's it. It never changes here, man. It never changes here. It's yeah, always it's Montreal been the same for you. Shit and it'll always be the it's same. actually pretty mild considering it's February. I got to yeah, be honest. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. is. it is. It is. We got snow around being a Leaf fan in Montreal. Oh, my God. You know what, man? A lot of Kevlar. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I've, I've been eating this, Jeff, for... I'm 54. I'm going to be 55 soon. I've been eating this since I was a kid in high school, man. My friends, my, my ex-girlfriends, and they're like, oh, these fucking stupid. I, I get it all, man. I get it all. I get it, all. I get it from these guys at the table, you know, and they're at, the, they're at our arm's length, and I still get it, you know? Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I've been a fan since I was a kid, and I... I'm not a believer in you know bandwagoning and hopping on another you know I don't do that. I, I just it's them. That's good, you're loyal. Fun, yeah. Funnily enough, the only real diehard Habs fan at this table is Yanni. Is Yanni? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually, as you can see, an Oilers fan. Yeah. So, 
you so. know. But we, I don't get the hate that Mimo gets for the for the Leafs, so that's okay. nobody gets the hate that yeah. I get. <laughs> no suck. The Leafs don't get the hate that I get. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, no, the Leafs don't suck. They, they have some good players. Leave them alone. Like I was saying off air, <laughs> look, dude, 34, Austin Matthews, he did it. He, get, he hit 50-51 yep. last night. God bless him. And uh, I was telling them, guys, uh, Jeff, we're, we're so lucky in our generation that we get to see not one but two players, two players, man, attack the Wayne Gretzky, uh, you know, record. Isn't yeah, that awesome? That's a, it's, it's a long runway to go for uh, for Austin. And even, Absolutely. Even Ovechkin. I mean, even Ovi, uh, yeah. He's, he's slowed down. It's a, it's a significant achievement. Uh, but yeah. it just shows how good you got to be for, for so long. Absolutely. To, Absolutely. For a long time. I mean, growing up, we're like, no one's ever going to touch that. Like the Mike Bossy thing. Mike Bossy is my favorite hockey player of all time. The nine seasons of 50 goals, who's going to touch that, dude? <laughs> Who's, I mean, I'm Ovi, obviously, but come on. There's, there's so many records that you're like, get out of here. Nothing, that's not happening. It's not, especially not with these kids of today. Yeah. Segwaying to what Jeff does, right? So <laughs> you're the assistant GM of the Kitchener Rangers, correct? Yeah, assistant GM, assistant coach. So. And assistant uh, coach. So, wow. Yeah. How, how did that come around? Uh, to be honest, I mean, when I was done playing, I got into coaching. Um, and I was in Mississauga for seven years in the same role. Um, so I just left and went to Kitchener this off season. So um, had uh, got I got one of your boys in Edmonton, and uh, um, obviously coach a couple of the Habs picks. So uh, mm. lots to talk about for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously the end game is GMing in the National Hockey League, correct? Yeah, I mean either coaching or or management. Um, somewhere somewhere the next level is always the goal, I think, for anyone in our league. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you get a job with the Oilers, <laughs> okay, and you work with, with Mr. Ken Holland, can you please get a goaltender? Please, please. We're one, we're one guy away from a Stanley Cup. I just, please. <laughs> uh, you, you, took, you took Toronto's last time. That didn't work out. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, that was our first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I told you yeah. that was a mistake. I told you that was a mistake. A guy yeah. that lives in his own head, there's a problem. Yeah. You know, anyway. Anyway, yeah, let's get let's get back to this. Jeff, I wanted to ask you something, okay? Um, being that, that you're involved with all these youngsters and whatever, you know, all the, the young kids coming up and whatever, all this nonsense that's been going on with the you know the world juniors in two thousand eighteen and others talking about there's other other teams that's been going on for years and years and years and years. I wanted to know something, okay? In your opinion, where does this so let me let me phrase this properly. How how did this how can this change? Where would it start? Is it is it these kids are like the parents at home? Is it these coaches that they have in the minors? Should the coaches get paid? So we have guys. Should they go through a, a screening? You know, like a you know, like when you go for like a regular job, right? They check all your background. They check where you've worked. They they talk to your old boss, whatever. Should they get paid? Where does it start? So these kids, let's just say, will get into less trouble. Cause kids will, kids are kids. They're gonna get into trouble, whether they like it or not. Where do you think it should start? Uh, yeah, obviously a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, it, it's hard to definitively answer that, um, until we know exactly what happened. I think a lot of us think we know what happened, but, um, Absolutely right. I coached one of the players involved. Um, yeah. you know, it's certainly there were no issues when he played for us, but it was, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, until we really know what happened, it's hard to comment, but, um, I also know that it's not germane to just hockey, right? And hockey seems to get, uh, it, it, obviously it's, it's the biggest thing here in Canada. So it's going to get put under the microscope, uh, when something happens, but, 
I know that for myself, I would put up the hockey player and the, and the athlete against any other sport in the world in terms of quality of people. Uh, there's so many, there's so many good kids and people in this game, and I, I think unfairly, uh, the exposure of maybe some of the bad things gets gets put to the forefront. But you know, we don't see enough of guys doing hospital visits and making donations. And, right. Uh, He's absolutely right you know, on that. All, all yeah. the wonderful things guys in our 100%. game do. So if yeah. if it did happen, uh, as has been alleged, obviously it's it's a deplorable thing to happen. Um, but I'm definitely willing to reserve judgment until we we hear the full story uh, in the court of law on that. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think kids are, you're right, kids are going to do stupid things. Um, it's about managing them. I think uh, there's some stuff from a parental standpoint, and there's obviously stuff from a team and league standpoint. Um, I know our guys now go through lots of training, extensive training. Um, they would probably argue too much, um, but I think it's just the next step in, in society these days in terms of, you know, it's not checking boxes, but it's it's making sure these guys are prepared for the world we live in today. And I, I think a lot of uh, societal issues are, are at the forefront due to social media and, and media coverage in general. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit here and pretend that this stuff didn't go on 20 or 30 years ago or 40 years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure it just wasn't talked it about. Just was and that doesn't exactly. make it right. You're right. You know, it, it certainly doesn't make it right. Um, but, you know, with regards to the specific World Junior case, I mean, I really, until they're innocent or guilty, uh, for me, I'm not I trying to pass judgment. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, if these kids are brought up in a certain way, how could it be avoided? How can it be like it'll never be a hundred percent avoided? But like, I'm just saying. Like, I remember when I was coaching, whatever. The only reason I had, co I mean, I, I played twenty some odd years, right? And every time I had a coach, and I played in double letters and whatever, right? But it was always a guy that could be there at six o'clock. You know what I mean? It was never a guy that went through, uh, you know, like extensive uh, training or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was always that. Oh well, you know, so and so's dad could be here at seven o'clock. He was going to coach this team. You know, I, I think I think now they change that. Yeah, there's a lot more hoops you got to jump through to to be a coach. And um, you know, for me, I think it's really just about, especially once guys get to our level, they get out of minor hockey um, and they're in the spotlight. They're world juniors or they're NHL draft picks or they're whatever it may be. I, I think. It's getting them to realize uh, that it's never really off for them. So when they leave the rink, they're still a member of whatever hockey club. They're still a draft pick of whatever hockey club, and they're always yeah. representing. They should represent, yes. Right, and it's, so they got to be real cognizant of that. Um, if they're out for a night on the town or whatever it is, that has to be in the back of their minds, and especially given social media and cell phones exactly. and cameras and all that, it's, it takes one Stupid lapse in judgment, stupidity, um, yeah, to kill you in terms of your perception. Uh, and I, and I, there are, there are incidents where I don't feel bad for the kids because it was stupid and they weren't using their heads. And then there's incidents uh, where kids kind of get raked over the coals, and I do feel bad for them because I'm yeah. sitting yeah. on, not only in hockey but in all walks of life, we've all done stupid things as youngsters and. <laughs> now these now these guys are getting canceled or or uh, yeah. you know not not 
afforded a second chance just because of the era they live in. So uh, I think there's a long ways to go in terms of them recognizing where we're at in society. Um, and also, you know, uh, being a good human and, and doing the right thing is goes without saying. Um, Absolutely. You know, we, we want to teach those values to, to our players for sure. Very yeah. well said. I totally agree, Jeff, but I just want to talk about what you, you mentioned the media. Not social media as much as the media. The media yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a lot of sensationalism happening with this stuff. Of course, everyone rushes to judge people in the court of um, mass appeal, let's say. Uh, and the mob mob mentality, which I never really agreed with ever. Um, however, it just seems to me that that seems to be the trend now. And the unfortunate reality of that is it seems that there's so many headlines this year about everything but the game. You know, like whether it's Corey uh, Perry, whether it's this, whether it's that, there's so many different things. And hockey's like become backstage. Back it's becoming like a soap opera, and it's kind of taking away from the game itself. And I, I'm not saying that these things shouldn't be noticed, but I think the sensationalism put into it and the rush to judgment and things like that have really kind of overshadowed the game well, itself. And just, it, it, it's, it sucks because hockey was never like that. That was something we would see sometimes in the NFL. That was something we'd sometimes see in the NBA. But hockey was always kind of a little bit more of a classy game in a way. And it seems like now it's just becoming this zoo of controversy. And it, it's killing like a great game. It, it still is a classy game. I mean, I'll sit here and argue with anybody being in yeah. it. Um, as, as a guy who played in, in the league I coached in 20 years ago, I see the differences in terms of improvements. Um, in, in all areas and all facets and it the unfortunate part is we have people taking shots at our game and, and our leagues from all over the place yeah. and it's people who really yeah. have absolutely yeah. no idea what they're talking about uh, that's right and it's mm -hmm. it's tough yeah. to read and the real unfortunate part is when they when they take shots or they bring something forward or a lawsuit comes forward or whatever whatever is alleged becomes people's perception of reality you know perception reality becomes the, their perception and I think that's too bad because in a lot of cases some of these um, narratives are very false um, and it's it's a shame because it, people lend credence to it by giving it exposure and, and press and um, mm -hmm. for, for me I if, if I'm covering something I know a hundred percent for certain that it's fact and it happened okay no problem but we got a lot of speculation on alleged activities all over the hockey world yeah you yeah, see yeah. that that's one thing that we as a podcast don't like to do <clears throat> you know everybody was jumping on the whole Corey perry situation and pushing that rumor i don't believe in that shit unless it's we have fact we're not we're not a fan of that exactly i ain't no judge i ain't no jury i ain't no nah, you know like even bobby ryan we had bobby yeah. ryan on here the other time we, we don't like to go into the past and the bullshit you know There's keep no it positive the world is already a negative place let's keep yeah. it positive no, that's right I, i love bobby i played with him in uh one sound for a couple of years yeah, that, yeah. that's why i mentioned him <laughs> he's a great he's a great guy he great was a fantastic guy. guest actually. great guest. great great guest you know let's jump into something yeah. that's more a little bit more positive okay sure. so jeff i'm sure you see all these kids today man right so you saw you know the Connor bedard is he the real deal Yeah, he's he's outstanding. <laughs> His skill is uh, otherworldly. I mean, a couple of our guys in Mississauga last year played with him on the World Junior Team. Yeah, um, you know, and one of them is drafted by Chicago. It's, uh, you know, it's it's 
he's something that he's a generational talent. So uh, he really is. Yeah, you got Bedard and McDavid and guys like Crosby. Oh, it's like he's he'll be fun to watch for a long time. <laughs> yeah, McDavid, so God, that's my <laughs> man. You're so lucky you had him and Gretzky. And Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah, what, you got you got Matthews. What are you complaining about? I'm not complaining. I'm just saying McDavid. <laughs> what should I say? We got Slavkovsky. I mean, no, it's no. great, you but like. So who's the next one, Jeff? Who's the next one? Who, who do you Massar. see coming? Man, what do you, you see? Like, I don't know. I know his cousin out west is having a pretty good year as a 16-year-old in the WHL. Are you serious? Yeah. LJ Mooney? No. Bedard's uh, oh. cousin. I forget his name. Uh, look it oh, up. I heard if you Google it, he's, he's okay. tearing the WHL apart. As oh, my God. Oh, yeah. LJ Mooney is... Um, another one. The, the other one. Logan Cooley's cousin. Sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. That. That's what we need. Another one. Another one of these little... Yeah. What a rat. He's incredible. Yeah. He's yeah. so good. God, he's so good. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, the, so that kind of brings me to something that I, I wanted to ask you. It's a little bit, uh, but question, it's something I've always wanted to ask somebody in the minor leagues, especially someone who's team building. Now, you've got guys like Connor Bedard. You have these other superstars, whether it be Celebrini, whether it be any of these guys that are on, Philip Massar <laughs> on your team. Uh, and... You're trying to. I realize that the ultimate goal here is to get these guys into the NHL eventually, and I realize that's it's all about their development. But at the same time, you have an organization you're running, and you're trying to make a winner there. So how difficult is it when you've got these superstars, you've got these star players on your team, and your team's doing well, and it looks like you're going to make a run at what at the championship, and all of a sudden, you get called up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so now, how do you go through that? Your superstar, this super, that guy goes, that guy goes, and all of a sudden you're like, well, there goes all our time to punch. rebuild. So, how do you, as a GM of a junior team, try to build a winner while with keeping the players' best interests at heart, but still trying to make a winning team? Well, I mean, I do think the two go hand in hand. So, development of players attracts good players. So, uh, yes, there's a draft and. But it doesn't mean guys have to report. So I, I think running a good organization, developing players, ensures that you get the best players at the end of the day. Um, that's that's for starters. We can't control uh, what NHL teams do and if they take their guys early or not. We have a pretty good idea. So you kind of build from that standpoint, knowing that you know either you have a four-year window with a kid or a two-year window with a kid. Um, You, know, you plan a, accordingly? Yeah. Like, we have a couple guys here this year who are obviously top-end guys, uh, Mashar being one of them. A guy we, we didn't necessarily count on coming back. So I, I think they went all in last year um, thinking that that was, that was their shot at it. And then um, fast forward to this year, we get some guys back we weren't expecting. And then we get Carson Rakoff, who's a second-round pick to Seattle. He's leading the league in goals. And... You know, now you have kind of two superstar players, and um, so I, you can. It's nice to have a plan. It's nice to have a five-year plan in this in this league, but it changes every week. Um, so you got to be able to adjust on the fly. And I think if you focus on development, you're always going to have um, competitive clubs, and then you got to you got to recognize when it might be your time in your window, and that's kind of when you jump and try and try and push your mm -hmm. chips in. Being from Montreal, and we have Yanni here as a big Habs fan. You coached one, and you have one now, right? So, uh, uh, you know, form, not former, but future Montreal Canadiens. So you had Owen, Owen Beck, Beck, right? You had Beck, did you not? Yes, yeah. I did. I, I had Owen, I, and then yeah. we traded. We traded him last year at the deadline. To, uh, <laughs> fast, fast forward, I rebuild in Mississauga, but 
I love Owen to death. Um, I still talk to him a lot. Um, he's, uh, he's a great kid. He's going to be a fantastic NHLer. I know he's a sponge in terms of trying to soak things up and get better. Awesome. I know when, when we first got him, he really wanted to be, he wanted to be the best at face-offs and it was something we worked on every day. And, um, uh, he's pretty elite in that category. And, um, I was happy for him last year. It was New Year's Eve, and uh, he didn't make the World Junior Team. Um, and New Year's Eve, we got a call from James Boyd, who was the GM of, of the, the under-20 team for Canada. And I was at a wedding, and Owen was at a team gathering. And, uh, you know, it was, hey, can you can you go pick up Owen and, and get him to the airport? He's flying to Halifax. And I was pumped he for him because oh, he's uh, – Yeah, he, he deserved it, and uh, – you know, later later last year, he obviously got into his first NHL game, which was pretty cool. But he's, yeah, he's going to yeah, have a good yeah. long career because he's a guy who will adapt and he can play many roles. He'll kill penalties. He'll, he'll be a really strong, um, you know, middle six kind of player, I think. Uh, so exactly what Montreal... It's exactly what, what the Habs want for like right, God knows how long. Right? Exactly Saco Quavo days, probably. That's exactly yeah. what the Habs want. And, and the Masar, I mean, he's all buddy buddy with Slavkovsky, and you see the run he's on lately, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, I, do you follow Jeff? Do you follow a little bit or oh, the NHL guys? Yeah. Of yeah. Do, so. He's been um, on a tear, man. Last seven, eight games, he's been on a tear. I don't know what he's doing tonight against Pittsburgh. Well, last night he was so so. He, he he was one of the better players on the yeah, ice. He, I was there. Gretzky had a bad night too every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, I, I think it happened twice. I saw he signed off in his interview uh, with the little French at the end, so that's a that's yeah. A well, there you go. It's a win, huh? Yeah. It's a win. How, how, how's Mishar doing? He's doing good. Mishar is uh, Philip's a fantastic kid. He when he got reassigned to us uh, kind of early October, there we weren't sure what his attitude would be or how excited he would be about uh, being back in the in the OHL. Um, he's he was amazing. Like leading up to World Juniors, his attitude was excellent and. Um, you know, there were things that Montreal and, and ourselves wanted to, um, develop in his game, I guess. Um, and I, certainly he put a lot of effort into, into making that happen. And it, he was on a tear. Uh, he went to world juniors and a lot of those guys love going to play for their home country, especially the of course, European. Of course, yeah. So there's naturally, there's a bit of a letdown when they get back, you know, he had a quiet couple weeks when he got back, but, um, You know, we've been on him about um, more straight lines because that's that's more North American. That's how you got to play in the National Hockey League. Yeah, it's different. Um, You know, we had him on the wing with Rakoff, and you know, he was at times he would he was like a rover. He'd end up all over the ice. So recently, we put him we put him in the middle, um, and he's been outstanding playing up and down the middle of the ice. Um, We got him with we got him with another NHL first round pick in uh, Edward Chalet. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to find some chemistry together. Obviously, they speak the same language, even though one's Slovakian <laughs> yeah. and one's Czech. But um, Phil, Philip's been great. He's been um, a, a huge surprise for us because we didn't necessarily <coughs> expect to have him back. Uh, but we're trying to do everything we can to make sure uh, when next season starts, uh, he makes a good run at Montreal or can have a real productive year in Laval. Amazing. I wanted to ask you something. You mentioned that's what Montreal wants. That's what you guys want. How does that work? Like, do you have meetings with, let's say, with Marty St. Louis? Do you have meetings with uh, with Ken Hughes and say, listen, we need this kid to do to become one of these guys? And and you guys like actually meet and decide that, or is it just you know? So Ken, when he gets 
reassign Kent. We'll have a conversation with our GM, Mike McKenzie, and uh, okay. basically let them know what's happening and, and what their thoughts are for them. But we're in constant contact with their development teams for the NHL prospects. So awesome. their, guy, okay. their guys will come in and they'll watch games, watch practices, they'll work with our guys, but they're in constant contact with us. They watch a ton of video. Um, so there's there's dialogue between um, us in Montreal for Michar or us in Seattle for Chalet and Rakoff or whoever yeah. it is. There's lots of dialogue there. I always wondered that. I'm like, is it the coaches that call these guys? Say, listen, he needs to work on whatever faceoffs. <laughs> he needs to work on you know whatever uh, the north northeast or whatever or the north south game or the, whatever east west. I always wondered that. I'm like, who? Well, who it's kind of like uh, McNiven last episode. Yeah. You remember he was saying that his coach was saying that oh, he's overweight. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was and terrible. And it screwed him in the draft. That was terrible. And, and then he got sent home at the, the, the combine or whatever. And he was yeah. like, you got to go lose 10 pounds, come back. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't stop at McDonald's. Don't pass go. Don't collect 200 <laughs> and just go lose weight. Yeah. That's so mean, man. Why would anybody do that? Well, it's development. He was, right? he was, that's, he that's was a pretty good shit. He was a pretty good goalie in our league. So. Yeah, he, he was, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he was he was on our last episode here. Actually, we had a really good talk with him, and he talked a bit about really his nice time guy in too. the juniors as well. Yeah, um, but do you so? You mentioned Kent Hughes before and all that. So here in Montreal, you know, I'm sure you're not a stranger to the fact that up until the recent regime came in, there's been a lot of doubters, and there's been a lot of people that kind of didn't. Montreal kind of had a way of doing business for the last thirty plus years. And it seems like this new regime with like Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes is really changing the game here. And it's kind of very, very development focused. They're not really into signing the big superstar veterans. They seem like they really want to build from the, from the juniors up. Mm -hmm. So in your dealings with them specifically, do you feel like there's been a, like a much more open dialogue and a much more willingness to participate like in the player's development overall? I mean, I, I can only speak to every situation in isolation but i know they've been great with with philip um in terms of um a, a ton of contact about his development um and his path and where he is you know almost daily weekly for sure so you know i i think toronto and the canadian teams are a different animal but toronto and montreal are uh, a vastly different animal i think the one thing in terms of if you want to get it right um, you have to develop players, number one, but two, you got to manage the expectations of the fan base. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that's one thing that, that um, Kent and Jeff have done a good job doing is it's like patience here. Let's, you know, dial it back. It's going to be a, there's a path to get into where they want to go. Um, it's not going to be overnight. And it's easy yeah. to get excited at some short-term success, but you can't stray from the plan. Um, as a result of that, so I, I think that's where they're in good hands. They get they get guys who are they're not going to rush the process because you don't. Not only do you want to create a winner, you want to create a sustainable winner. And, and in a cap Absolutely. era, in a cap era, that takes a lot of different things to come together. Well, they look good, man. The, the Habs, they, they look. You know, yeah. at least there is a plan now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, this is coming from an Oilers fan about yeah. the Habs, but yeah. I got to say. You know, it's like it feel felt like a long time there was no plan. So now to see this, it's it's reassuring, just for the franchise and the good of the city and just everything, the good of the sport. When the Canadians, the Maple Leafs, the Rangers, when they're doing well, the league's doing well. 
Absolutely. You know, and uh, the Bruins, even, dare I say it. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> Shut up. But teams like that. God, I can't stand them. But teams like God, that. I can't stand them. That's, it's good for the league. It's good for the league, absolutely. and it's good for the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, man, are you kidding me? When all the, you know, the original six teams or whatever, all the, you know what it is, all the guys that attract, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, they're doing good, the league is doing good. How, how do you, you know, exactly. how do you feel in that? Yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit off uh, topic, but I saw that the Biz Nasty, the guy that paved the way for, for the podcast game here, for hockey podcast, was uh, with you guys at the Kitchener Rangers uh, dressing room. I think he did the, the line reading. Yeah, I, uh, Biz. so Biz, Biz is a good buddy of mine. We played together. Oh, that's junior. great. And that's uh, great. so I I kind of sent him a message early in the season. <laughs> I knew he was doing some Hockey Night in Canada stuff. I said, I'd love to get you to Kitchener. And, um, you know, we ended up making it happen. And he didn't he didn't want to do the lineup read. And then uh, I talked to him. Because yeah, he's cursed with it. That's why. <laughs> so, no, he was, we won. He was, he was pretty good. He's. He's had some. He's had some decent results at the junior level doing the lineup reads. So, good, it's good. Uh, he's great. He awesome. nah, he, he's definitely one of the guys that paved the road. I well, think, I, the podcast game, at least me? for sports. Are you kidding me? Of course. All right, Jeff. You said that you're following the league, right? You're following. Yep. Obviously, you follow. Uh, we're gonna get into the NHL now. We've been talking about the minor leagues. Uh, who do you see this year making a nice push? Who do you see getting there, East and West? Oh man. Um, <laughs> You got you got your obvious teams. Uh, like everyone's talking about Edmonton, and I do think if they can get some consistent goaltending, they they got a really good team. Vancouver's been good. Um, I don't. I I think it's uncharted territory for them. They they're having yeah, a great season. They might get into the first or second round. It might be a lot for them, like it like it's been for Edmonton in the past. Whereas Edmonton might be able to get over the hump. Yeah. I I really think the sneaky team in the West though is Dallas. I love. Yeah, uh, I love so much about them. They they're a pretty complete team. There's not many. There strong. aren't many they holes. Yeah, they play a they play Heavy. a great brand of hockey, and, and yeah. they, mm-hmm. they have a lot of Canadian Hockey League guys on their team. And I know I'm biased, but if you look at the Stanley Cup champions every year, they're dominated with Canadian Hockey League talent. Well, look at last oh, yeah. year, and look yeah. at the year before. Yeah, so. you know. Okay, you know we were talking about it last time, and I'm like. Obviously, the Dubas thing because he went to Pittsburgh and whatever. <laughs> I mean, we were no seriously, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because of Dubas. Uh, Pittsburgh, the, there's this whole thing happening now where they they try to give a one last kick, kick at the can, right, dude? And I said it this at the beginning of the year, Mike. Remember, they have like seven players over thirty. Okay, seven in the league today, and the speed of it today. I said then, and I'm going to say it again. It's tough, man. You can't you can't hold this, right? This is my question. Does Dubas break it up? I mean, how do you how do you go to a Sidney Crosby and say, "Listen, dude, we have to move you," and not get punched in the face? He, he probably he probably should. Uh, really? Break, you think break so? It up. It's so hard. I mean, that's why they take another kick at the can because uh, Sid's obviously so special. And he's been so special for for so long oh, in this shit. game. Um, yeah. And I don't think he's the guy to move, to be honest, unless he asks to move. I think Absolutely. I think you, there's other guys there who you can move and he's still doing it, man. Certainly, he's still re- doing start it. to rebuild. Yeah, he's been he's been yeah. fantastic this year, and it's. I think he's a guy you owe it to him. You know, he's three cups. Um, that's basically a guy you say we're only trading you if you, if you if want you want, you know, penguin for other, life, right? Other than that, you can retire as a penguin. There's guys so we're there talk- who you can, you know, you, there's Malkin and yeah, Latang Latang and, 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 and there's, there's Gensel. There's tons of guys who you can move to. 
to kind of yeah. kickstart your rebuild. The whole, the whole Carlson thing. What the hell was he thinking, man? It seems like I mean, a redundancy for me. Like, you got Latang. Uh, yeah. I thought he it was going to be crazy. He comes off a really special year, obviously. It's, it's hard yeah, to... Yeah, Norris. It's hard to turn down the intrigue of bringing him into the fold, no matter what team you're running. So, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? It's obviously. So obviously, it, yeah, it yeah. hasn't it it hasn't gone great for Pittsburgh, and uh, but the one positive for them is that they do. Now, if they if they decide to try and add, they could be in a world of trouble. But if they, the one positive is if they do sell, they have a lot of assets that are worth a lot. So yeah, because look, I mean, they did win the three cups, right? And that's what happens. You win the cups, you basically beat up your team, right? You trade for assets and you have no more first rounders, no more second round. Mm-hmm. Look at us in Toronto. Well, us in Toronto. You know what I mean? You never won. Yeah. No, but I'm saying we don't, we've been trying and trying and trying and yeah, failing. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, get me it. wrong. I get it. But you have no second round pick now for the next three years. Now what, right? Yeah. Well, now, if they want to go get whoever they want to go get, you're going to have to give up, man. Yeah. You know? Well, speaking of that, just the segue right there, because yeah. Jeff, you're in Kitchener, right? So obviously the, you're right in the Leafs' backyard. Yes. So... How do you feel, Mimo's biases aside, <laughs> about um, the Leafs and their actual chances or lack of chances? Zero chance. And the, their whole cap management thing with all these $11 million contracts here, there, and everywhere. 12 bucks counting. That has been like a really big topic of conversation on this show with many people. And we're, I, I'd love to get your take because you're actually there. You're in the market. You're dealing with the organization. So you probably have a lot more insight than we do. So I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, first off, yeah, I, I still live in Mississauga, so I commute to Kitchener every day. So I'm I'm like 20 minutes from 20 uh, minutes from downtown. Uh, yeah. My yeah. family has been season ticket holders with the Leafs since awesome 72. So uh, it's uh, I used to love going to games at Maple Leaf Gardens. And I, I was a big Leaf fan when I was a kid. And I think you <laughs> as you as you grow out of it, you know, as you get older, in the game, <laughs> as you grow out of it, Mimo. How'd you do it, Jeff? How'd you do it? So I mean, you. Like when you're when you're involved in this game at a certain level, it's like you stop becoming a fan of an in, yeah, individual yeah. team, and it's just kind of you're you're it's what you do. A so, hockey fan, yeah. Uh, you know, if you put a gun in my head and I had to see one team win it, yeah, I'd love to see Toronto win. It. Um, but I don't live and die by their results. Um, you know, and no, I, I think chance. I think they have some special players, but they have some significant holes, and I. You know, I, I hate to say it, but they're they're probably one more year away from being able to have the flexibility to fill some yeah. of those holes. That's so. that's the key word. You see, flexibility. Yeah. I think yeah. even next year we're going to be in more. Ne- next year won't, it'll be the year after when you still have yeah. Matthews and Neilander and uh, and those guys. Yeah, and they're gonna probably re up Marner and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, Tavares' eleven million can come off, and um, that can pro- oh and the cap God. going up can provide some flexibility. So I, I think yes. they're listen. Any team can catch lightning in a bottle and get hot, and um, and vice versa. Look at the Bruins last year. Yeah, we've seen teams. We've seen LA and uh, uh, you know win their cup there in uh, twelve and fourteen. Yeah. Um, you know, twelve was mad, a magical run by a team nobody expected. Yeah, no, so no kidding. It's certainly possible, and I think you look at a team like I think if New Jersey gets a goalie and they sneak in somehow, they could be one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Florida has to be the front runner right now with the way they're playing. There. Oh my God! What a they're team. beating you on the scoreboard, and they're they're beating you in the alley. And it's uh, personally, <laughs> how about I the Bruins, it. Jeff? The Bruins just keep doing it. It's so hard to count them out because they're 
uh, man, you lose Bergeron and Krejci, and it's um, you know what, a, man. There's a culture there that's that's outstanding, um, and that's the reason why they're so good every year. I said it at the beginning of the year. I'm like, how are they going to do this? How are they going without? No, Krejci's gone. You remember and you said Berg- Pavel Zaka who? Yeah, I said I said, <laughs> I said who's uh was it Morgan Geeky? I'm like, who, yeah. how are they going to do? How do you replace Bergeron with that? And they have, and they they've been phenomenal. All year. I mean, they're in a bit of a little downfall now, right? But they won. They beat you guys last night, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they're still there, man. They're still there. They're still going to challenge. I don't know. I don't know. And in the West, I'm not sure. I'm thinking Colorado, like usual, right? But even them, I think, I don't know, man. Goldie, Nikushkin's maybe? A, Nikushkin's a big loss for them. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Huge loss. No kidding. But we saw it last year in the playoffs. So. Yeah, no kidding, man. Mike, you guys, I've been telling you for years, bro. Goaltending. The, goal-tending. The, you need the goaltender. You man. already mentioned it. I yeah, said it. We you you, you, you got to call Kenny Holland and say, listen. You know. That's why, Jeff, get the job with Kenny. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> bring, oh, bring the cup home to Canada. Oh, so Mar- you know, there's a there's a pretty good goalie about three hour drive south of Edmonton that I heard is available. Yeah, and I'd be all for it. Well, that whole team, <laughs> that whole team is available. Markstrom. Yeah. If, yeah. If you if you wait a couple of years, there's a pretty special kid coming up in the OHL. He's um, we took we drafted him seventh overall in Mississauga, um, but he's he's far and away the best goalie prospect I've seen in the last. 10 or 15 years. Who's this? Wow. Who's this, Jeff? His name is Jack Ivankovic. His dad was an NHL pick. Um, his dad played in the OHL, and, and Jack's, um, he's outstanding. He's His numbers this year as a 16-year-old are off the charts in Mississauga. Are you serious? Wow. Canadian he's, kid. He'll be, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's an awesome kid. He'll be a, he'll probably be a world junior goalie. Um, he won the under-17s this year. He's, um, oh, so it's, wow. ni- it's nice to see because Canada struggled with their, goaltending development for a while so it's nice to see a blue tripper coming up so that's That's great great. man do you get called when the world junior selections come up like i mean do they say do they ask for your input at all or do they just uh, say we want this guy we want that guy we want that guy yeah i know a little (laughs) bit um the i know that team canada was in contact with us this year just about carson rakoff um you know and they, they ask certain questions like is he willing to play a 13th forward role um, is he a kind of guy who can do it? Um, obviously, we thought he could, and we and we, you know, we we told them that. But um, you know, there's different scenarios in terms of, hey, you know, I know this guy has whatever, thirty goals at the time for you, you know, a goal a game. Can he play a checking role? And they, they'll they'll look for those but that type of in, input. I don't get that. Why would they call you on a thirty goal guy and say, can he play a checking role? Well, because they they have thirteen of them, it's so like somebody yeah. has to somebody has to play. <laughs> no, but I understand role, that, right? but I mean, they like have twelve guys that can score. 40. Yeah, but my like, if you want an electrician, you don't call a friggin' painter. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, but you, you sound what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be funny, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. well, it's different. I understand because that, that, that debate is as old as time in this game, right? If you remember the '98 Olympics in Nagano, Team Canada took Rob Zaminer. Yes, uh, yes, of I, course I, I remember. I think it's gone. <laughs> It's gone full circle. Obviously, Wayne did a great job building the O2 team. Um, and then Steve Eisenman built the, the yes. 2010 and 14 teams. But uh, it's gone full circle. To, you take the best players because the best players are. Um, yeah. The they're, old ahead Bob the, they're ahead of the curve mentally in terms yeah. of being able to adapt and, and be versatile. And um, So I, I think at the end of the day, you take the best players unless there's red flags that maybe they can't. Um, adapt and play a certain role 
The old Bob Gainey way. Bob Gainey used to say that all the time. You take the best player available, whether That's it's it. drafting, whether it's making Team Canada, whatever. Best player available. You can't go wrong. How do you go exactly. wrong with the best player available, exactly. right? So. Uh, so one thing that you mentioned just before was about how Canada's goalie development went down. And had that, this kid, uh, Jack Ivanov, Ivan Kovic, I believe you said. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's, he's the – so this is kind of looking like a potential star goaltender, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I, we talked – this is another topic that we touch on on this show a few times. The development in Canada versus the United yeah. States in the sense that <laughs> it really seems like the United States has picked up their game considerably in their junior development. Now, I, don't, I realize they have a much bigger population. They've got a lot more money at their disposal. All these factors, I understand all that. But it just seems if you look at the league now with the Hughes brothers and the Kachuk brothers and the Zegris and the Caulfield and the Matthews and Hellebuck. A lot of USA, but... Like all these superstars, like, like the depth chart on the United States team. Crazy. It almost seems deeper than Canada in a lot of ways. Yes, you have your Connor Bedards, obviously. Yes. But outside of that, I just feel like the United States is churning out a very high ratio of high quality players. So are, what do you think but- is attributing to that? They are, but they should be. I mean, they, yes. um, the and that's where the NHL going to the West Coast and going to the South. You're seeing the dividends 15, 20, 25, 30 years later with mm-hmm. the players that are, are being produced. And um, there's, a, there's a ton of players playing hockey in the U.S. They've put a lot into their development programs all over the nation. Um, I really think that they're, gonna, they're always going to be at the forefront of uh, the best nations. Canada's never going to go away, though. Uh, I yeah. still, you know, I still take McKinnon and Bedard and and Any day, brother. and, and McCarr, and you know, it's like the list goes on and on. I do think the one place we've struggled here is goaltending development yep. for the last 20, 25 years, and it's it's a uh, it's concerning. I think you look at countries like Finland just churning out goalie after goalie, and now the U.S. are starting to churn out goalies. Um, I think in Canada, a big change that I would love to see happen is uh, obviously in, in the Canadian Hockey League, there's an overage rule. You can only have three overage players. I would love to see goalies be exempt from that. So you can have one overage goalie that doesn't count towards your three because you're looking at so many guys who you don't start, unless you're like a phenom like, like Jack is, you don't start at 16. You don't start at 17. You might start at 18. Goalies don't come into their, their own until 19. And yeah. then the team has to make a decision on you as to whether or not they're going to keep you to be one of their three OAs. There's a, a prime example is he's been playing for New, New Jersey, Nico Dawes. Um, he was really nothing in our league until his overage season, and he came within a hair of not being good enough to be an OA in our league. And now he's playing in the National Hockey League having great success. So There you go. Um, I, do, I, I really think that, you know, amongst other things, I think that's a key thing that we could do with our elite goaltendings. Um, prospects mm. to give them some more runway you're not the first person that said, i think i heard jimmy mcclennan say that once yeah. he said the same thing he goes yeah we need to have a little bit of leeway for the goaltenders because exactly for what you said jeff they kind of seem to to get into their place a little bit older than that you know what i mean yeah yeah I mean, it's, cool. it's even a even a young player coming into our league it's hard to have real success at 16 a lot of them will will take off at 17 18 goalies are goalies are almost to a man, 18 is like early and 19 is kind of, you know, assumed as, as the date when they come into their own as a goaltender in our league. So to to give them only a, 
year, year and a half window to prove themselves to, to NHL prove themselves, clubs yeah. is, is, is yeah. significant. So, oh man, I have a question for you. What is it that you know you guys see and you say, "Wow, I'm banking on this player. I'm, I'm jumping on this kid on the draft." Like, 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 what is it nowadays in hockey? Like, I know it's a lot with speed now. Obviously, the and game is fast. But what is it? Is it like hockey IQ? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's like you got to be able to skate today's game, no question. Um, mm -hmm. Hockey, hockey sense is you can't. It's hard to coach stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, it really is. Um, and I, I think if you can think the game, it puts you significantly ahead of your competition. Um, so for us, when we're going out watching a guy, there's a there's a few things. Obviously, we do our homework on the background of players and their, and their character and their families and. Those things are hugely important. Um, I don't even. We're not going to take anybody, even in the first round, if they're if they're a bad kid or their family's uh, too much to handle. We'll we'll take someone else. But the first thing that strikes us going to a game is obviously skating and their skill. But uh, how they read the game, how they think the game, can really determine what type of player they end up being. And I, I mm -hmm. think when you do this long enough. You go through a few cycles of junior players. You see what works and what ends up making the NHL and what ends up being a productive player in the National Hockey League. You start to just have an eye for, okay, that, that kid's going to be good. Um, and you're you're pretty certain on it. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a combination of things. I think experience watching those guys. But, um, yeah, hockey sense and skating are obviously at the forefront. That's awesome. Jeff, it's almost time to go. I'm going to ask you one last question before we do, okay? We had Chris Nyland on a couple of weeks ago. You remember Knuckles, right? Yes, that's uh, I And I asked, the, yeah, yeah. I asked him a question, okay? I said to him, if tomorrow somebody says, you are Gary Bettman, you are the guy who runs the National the Hockey League, what do you change in the game today? Oh... Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what he said, okay? I'll tell you what he said and you think it over, right? Okay, he said, yeah. he, he said, I send everybody to hell and, I'm, and I said, the hell with all he is, I'm putting back the red line. And I agreed with that because I've been saying that for years. Again, maybe I'm older, I'm old school, I only played with a red line. What, would, what does Jeff Krasakos change in the National Hockey League today? No, I mean, that would, I know a lot of guys from that era will, will say that and it will slow the game down, which is not necessarily a bad thing for injuries and stuff like that. Um, and it, will actually allow some slower players. I'm not talking like slow, slow. I just mean guys who are I understand. elite, I understand. elite yeah. fast. It will allow them to play in the league. Um, it's a consideration for sure. I, I The horse is kind of out of the barn on the uh, the speed and, and fans loving the speed of the game. So I don't see it happening. I, I think, um, gosh, it's hard for me. At the NHL level, I don't know... Um, I really can't pick something out that I would change. There's some stuff at the junior level I think I would I would change. Like what? Um, like what? At the junior level, like what? Oh, man. Uh, without getting into too much trouble here. Uh, <laughs> Just blame it on me, they, man. Everybody else does. Who cares? Yeah, I know our leagues have a stance on um, physicality and um, yeah, to an extent fighting that is – they're trying to push it out of the game. It's not out of the game in the, at the National Hockey level. In fact, yeah. I think it's coming back, and it's always mm -hmm. going to go in cycles, and I don't think it's ever going to go away, and I think we're doing our kids a disservice. That's right. Um, if you look at and I think it's been much better in our league this year. I will give them credit. 
um, from a suspension standpoint. I think they've done a tremendous job. Guys aren't getting 10 games anymore for yeah, what stupidity. a lot of people sit there and go, oh, it looks like a pretty clean hit to me. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think the one thing we have to do is I think we've killed players' spatial awareness in a number of different ways. But one is we've taken all the onus off the player in possession of puck and we've put it on uh, the guy making the hit. And I think we're creating players who really aren't that's aware of the surroundings. Um, and well, I, that's, one, that, that's one thing I'd love to change is, um, you know, well, sometimes when a guy gets hit, like it's, it's a game, it's a physical game. The physical, man. Hurt. Guys are going to get hurt. Like it's, it's a, and I hate to say it, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. And I'm not pro-violence. I love the fact that guys are out of the game whose only sole reason in the game was to fight. I'm so mm-hmm. happy that, that they're yeah. not in the game. But now, some of them are coaching that, now. In saying that, this it's an incredibly competitive game, and guys are going to get heated, and fights are going to take place. Um, of course. If they are mutual, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, obviously, I, you know, you t- you get into a sticky situation in our league with young kids and older kids, and that's why for me, if it's mutual, it's okay. If it's a Absolutely. kid bullying or picking on another guy, that's not okay. Uh, we that's want a that different out of exactly. Our game. We want that out of our game for sure. But I do, I do think like we've had some tough tough cats come through. You know, we had a kid, Kean Washgrick, come through Mississauga. He's drafted by St. Louis. He's playing in the American League right now. He would hit his three fights in the first three games if if uh, he didn't have some sort of discipline. Um, yeah. And it, it, I think it actually ended up hurting him to, to a certain extent because he would get to his limit. And guys would know that, and they know we couldn't fight back. And it, it would actually be uh, – mm. be it would put him in a – a vulnerable situation because he, he couldn't defend himself at times. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. So I am all for having a limit and I'm all for having guys out of this game who can't play the game. I am, only do that. Yeah. I am absolutely, but I you know, three's hard for for some guys in our league. Five or six <laughs> might be a little more realistic, but just in general I, I think the baby the fighting, steps. Yeah, not many guys not many guys like to do that anymore, so it's not even a huge issue. I, I do think that the physicality and the hits, um, we want hits to the head out of the game, no question. But Absolutely. When, when, a, when a puck carrier puts himself in an extremely vulnerable situation, he gets hit, he gets injured, he gets concussed, and then the guy who hits him with what He's is, the one in trouble. Yeah, with what is a clean hit in a lot of people's minds, ends up getting 10 or 12 or 15 games. And that also starts the bullshit on the ice too, right? All the big scraps and all that. Yeah. So, so many times a clean hit starts that whole, you know, that whole crap yeah. on the ice, which sucks. A hundred percent. So I, I'd, I mean, for me, I'd just like to see us, and it's going to take a long time because it's taken a long time to create this. Uh, we have to make our players more spatially aware on the ice because guys are getting blown up now more than ever. Uh, obviously the speed of the game has a reason to do, you know, that's a big reason behind it. But I, I think a lot of it is guys are just unaware. Yeah. Exactly. You are so right. right. In front of them, guys are just unaware of what's going on. I think part of so right. we're killing a lot of guys hockey sense too, because if you don't know what's going on outside of your little bubble, it's hard to make, and you're going to get hurt. 
You're you know, you're so right. I used to say, I said it on this podcast. I'm, like I said, I'm older than you guys. I actually had practices with the coaching staff when we were kids, learning how to give a hit, how to take a hit, how to not get into the corner with my numbers showing, turn around, you know, whatever, the whole thing, right? So you're yeah. right. They need to be a little bit more aware because if you are, then none of this, you know, all these clean hits, like you said in the last podcast, everything's starting off a clean hit. A guy gets blown out. Yeah, but it was clean it's head. because a lot of these kids are unfortunately not used to it. That's right. That's exactly They're not used saying. to it. It's well, exactly look, perfect example, Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky oh, at the beginning God. of the season. I was worried. He, yeah. he was getting lit up every game. Yeah, somebody's got to tell him, buddy, head up, head up. But he's a lot better now. I'll tell you that. What choice does learning. he have? Unless he wants to get spatula off the I, boards every night. Know, I hate you know? to bring up a negative thing, but I mean, like, the Lin- Eric Lindros learned oh, this the man. hard way. You know, I mean, head up, you know, and it, and that was at a time before they were getting hitting out of the game. Oh, yeah. But you're going to have a lot more of that moving That was forward. an animal that hit him, too. Though. I understand. But regardless, there's still animals in the league. And that stuff's yeah. still going to happen. And if these, if they're not ready for that and they don't know how Absolutely. to take that hit, Absolutely. you're going to have a lot of I like, injured I like the way you put it. I like the way you put it, Jeff. They got to be more aware. And the guy who's carrying the puck, he's got to be aware of his surroundings. Yeah, it's just we got to create some spatial awareness, and that's yeah, really for me. It's, I'm not I'm not saying make ho- hockey violent again. I don't want people no, to no, no, get no, me no. wrong. I just I, think that we've gone so far the other way. It's actually doing our players a disservice. But to exactly, but to take the you know the hitting, it seems like they want to take hitting out of the game. What's the point? What's yeah, the point? Well, but if you teach them hockey. how to do it correctly, it's not hockey exactly. Yeah. Teach them to do it correctly. And we'll all fall in yeah. love with the game I, again. I mean, I saw Mark Mathot on a, recently on a broadcast talking about how the NHL should be the no-hitting league. Like, instead, oh. You know what I mean? But he's, he's saying that that's the direction it's going. That's what it looks like, you yeah. Know? That's what it looks and like. And it's like, I, I realize it's a bit exaggerated, but if there's not something done like Jeff is mentioning, we're going to get there that's one what, day. That's exactly it. It's that's gonna what's going to happen. It should be more aware. He's right. Listen, I guess, man. I guess that's the thank long you. answer to my question. Is is yeah? That's yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this, Jeff. Honest to God, uh, it's 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 a real pleasure to have you on. We were so I was personally so interested in all these these kids of today and how you guys look at them and how you 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 grade them and whatever and the way they come up and the whole thing and it must be a, a dream. And I hope to God one day we'll see you in the National Hockey League, man. Oh, for you sure. sound like a, a smart guy, man. And uh, uh, you want me to give uh, the Leafs a call, or <laughs> <laughs> they're doing okay no? right now? But uh, no, they're doing okay. Yeah. I'll give yeah. Shani. Listen, Shani's older than me. I'll take him on. I don't care. I'll <laughs> Get out of there, man. I got somebody who wants it. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, Thank you so much. Well. Uh, and hopefully, we'll do this again sometime. Thank Anytime. you. Be good. Thank you. Take it easy, guys.